All right, welcome to another episode of Indiana Politics. I'm Deb Chuck, and I am with Alessia Mojarad today. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay, great. And I'm, I just want to read a great bio um, about you, and I, and I hope you'll comment more on it because you have such an interesting journey. Um, all right, uh, Alessia is a junior at Indiana University studying economic consulting and law and public policy. Uh, in the SPIA program, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Excellent, I love that program. Originally from Maryland, she began her work in politics after co-founding the grassroots progressive organization, Montgomery County for Change, and working to pass common sense gun legislation. We'd love to hear more about that. As the daughter of two immigrants, Alessia is passionate about ensuring that all people have access to equal opportunities and a well-funded public education. Now she's working to flip Indiana blue as president of the College Democrats of Indiana. She's also worked full-time as deputy political director for Dr. Woody Myers, Indiana's Democratic gubernatorial nominee in this past election cycle. So welcome, Alessia. So um, tell us a little bit more about yourself um, and and then tell us uh, all about College Dems of Indiana. Yeah, so um, that bio is a pretty good rundown of all the different parts of my life, but I like to say that the Montgomery County for Change, which originally was Montgomery County Students for Gun Control, um, really kickstarted what was my, um, uh, not necessarily career, but just journey through activism and through democratic politics. I was always a pretty hardcore Democrat uh, back when Obama was running. I was very pro-Obama at a young age. Um, in 2008, 2012, very engaged in 2016. I helped volunteer uh, for Bernie when he was still campaigning in the primary. Uh, But it wasn't until uh, 2018 when I really got involved in actually making a change. And it was right after the shooting in Parkland, Florida, where uh, I'm sure you know, a lot of students and young people across the country decided to say enough is enough. We're sick of the active shooter drills. We're uh, sick of being treated uh, like we uh, have no worth in these schools. Let's do something. And so we really organized our uh, biggest accomplishment, I'd say in that uh, last couple of months of what was my senior year of high school, was we organized a 3,000 person um, march and rally on Capitol Hill where we invited quite a few legislators. Uh, Chuck Schumer came, Nancy Pelosi, um, quite a few people, I can't even remember everyone at at this point and we really demanded something. Uh, We lobbied those legislators um, for the next coming months and then eventually the organization turned into Montgomery County for Change and they're still active and they still work on a variety of issues including desegregating um, the public schools uh, or the de facto segregation of public schools in Montgomery County, Maryland. So yeah, that's definitely one of my uh, I'd say largest uh, achievements, proudest achievement. I really enjoyed working with everyone in Maryland. Um, but to talk more about College Democrats, uh, like you said, I am a student here at Indiana University. And so I began my um, really journey in Indiana as a fellow for Liz Watson. She was running for Congress in the ninth district two years ago. I love her dearly. Uh, and then after that, I decided that I really liked Indiana politics actually. And I really liked the people I met in Indiana. So I wanted to get involved and I ended up running for a director of outreach for the College Democrats at IU. I did that for a year. I ended up running uh, for president of IU Democrats this year. 
I just passed that torch along to my good friend, Sam Waterman, but now I serve as president of College Democrats of Indiana. And really what we do is we uh, try and mobilize uh, young democratic students uh, on campus. And something that I think is really important to point out is uh, it doesn't necessarily matter what your exact ideals are. We have students that we work with that consider themselves to be centrist moderate all the way up to your Bernie democratic socialist, even closer to Marxist uh, ideology. And that really goes to show that we want to get good work done here in Indiana. Um, uh, but yeah, is there anything specific you'd like to know about uh, our work, Deb? Well, we, you know, um, as we have discussed, um, the statistics show uh, after the 2020 election that Indiana was one of the very few states where young people uh, overall voted more often for uh, Trump and Republicans than for Democrats. And so I wonder, you know, what you attribute that to. Uh, I know we're all just theorizing um, and what you think we could do about it. Yeah. So uh, it's an unfortunate statistic, I think, because not many states are like that, where uh, the category of young people actually leaned Republican this year. But a lot of it just comes down to uh, a lack of voter registration and voter mobilization um, across all parts of the Democratic electorate here in Indiana, but it really goes to show in, uh, in young people. And so when we don't prioritize young people, when we don't let young people lead, when we don't think that uh, young people are important enough to, uh, you know, get phone calls to build actual field strategies around, uh, they're going to get picked up by the other party and that party is Republicans. Obviously, I don't specifically know uh, what the Republican Party does. I know they have college Republicans just like us, um, but they're definitely putting in the work to actually turn out their voters um, when I don't think that we have done that um, to the best of our ability ever. And it especially showed in 2020. And there are a lot of ways that we can be changing that. And it goes past just college Democrats because obviously there are a lot of young people out there that are not in college and will not ever be in college. Um, but doing things like providing the constituency caucuses like college Democrats an actual voice at the table. As of right now on the state central committee, uh, we, we have a seat, we get to attend, we get to speak, but we don't actually have a vote. And so um, it kind of it reflects because you're willing to have our voice be at the table, sure. Uh, you're willing to let us work and volunteer for your campaigns, but when it comes to the important matters like voting on, um, you know, Democratic Party rules, voting on what we should be uh, spending our money on, the candidates we should be supporting, we actually don't get any decisive um, vote or any way to actually influence those decisions. So definitely starting there. And then also really um, talking about what young people care about, right? And how do you find that out? by talking to young people, um, by, by including young people, right? So we know that a lot of young people really care about climate change because that's something that we're gonna have to deal with over the next 60 years. A lot of young people care about things like student, especially college students care about things like student loans and housing insecurity. A lot of young people uh, will never own um, homes in their entire lives. They'll have to rent just because of how horrible um, the economic impacts are of having a low minimum wage and high student loans, high cost of living. Um, education's a big one, healthcare's a really big one. So really speaking to what young people care about. Uh, and then also just in terms of field strategy, 
we know that young people um, tend to respond well to things like text messages, right? Um, so when we think of field, we usually think of canvassing, so door knocking and maybe phone banking or direct mail pieces. That might not be the best way to reach a young voter. Um, the best way might be to text them or uh, relational organizing, having their friends text each other, going through different organizations on campuses or just um, in their cities, churches, that sort of thing. So. Um, there is no lack of, um, there's no lack of uh, action items we could be doing to reach young voters. Um, we're just not doing it. And it reflects, we had more young voters vote Republican this year than um, Democrat. That, yeah, that is, it was surprising. It was really surprising to me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so I'm really hoping also to focus on the Democratic Party and uh, the future of the Democratic Party, starting at the county level. So, um, so we like in my county, you know, we want to reach out to younger Democrats and we want to engage younger Democrats. And in our case, they're, they're probably young people who haven't actually identified as Democrats because they're just young people working hard, trying to make it. And, um, and I have kids in that category who, uh, you know, just they're trying to, you know, do their jobs. They're trying to get by, they're paying rent, you know, paying, um, um, paying car payments and et cetera, just trying to make it. And so they don't, you know, they're just not really focused on a lot of these bigger issues like they would be on a college campus. And so, um, so I guess I, I look then to the county chair, to the county chair to address that issue, to find ways to, um, to do better in a lot of areas. And so I wonder, you know, what do you think that young Dems should expect from a county chair? Because I think that's where the action has really gotta be happening. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I really like the phrase that all politics are local and the best way to start reaching people is on this local grassroots level. And I know our college gems chapters locally do a lot of really good work. So why aren't the county chairs doing good work? And really, I, I live in Monroe County in Bloomington, and I'm very blessed to have a great county chair right now, Jennifer Crossley, and I think more county chairs should be just like her. Hardworking, unifying, really willing to go up to bat for all of their candidates, uh, no matter what, uh, no matter any personal issues with them. Um, really being inclusive, therefore, you know, uh, recruiting candidates and volunteers from all backgrounds, and really someone who is willing to fight the good fight, right? So we know that being a Democrat in Indiana is hard sometimes, and we all get burnt out, and it's, it's difficult to have Republicans win as often as they do. Um, but someone who understands really that they want to be county chair because they genuinely want Indiana and everyone in their county to live a better life. And that's why they're being county chair. And that's why they're running to be county chair, not because of some power play, not because, you know, they did the work and it's their turn or, you know, they're, uh, well, you know, you know, next person should be them because, you know, they've been around for a while. To me, none of that is actually any, uh, uh, that's not any quality expectations or standards. It should be the person who consistently shows up for everyone and the person who consistently works hard and also someone who's going to be creative, right? Someone who's going to think outside of the 
you know, the box of what a county party should be doing or what a county party even looks like, right? Because clearly what we've been doing over the last 10 to 15 years as Democrats in Indiana has not been working out very well for us. And so we have to figure out something new, um, a new system, a new structure, uh, that sort of thing. That's excellent. I'm so excited to hear that. And I, um, I, I like to put all that out there because I like I like, I hope that other people will see that they can change their county Democratic Party activities. Um, it feels like it's just this entrenched, you know, insular um, monolith that nobody can reach into. And, you know, I've heard, like many people, lots of complaints about the Democratic Party. Um, but one of one that is most common is really just that they, it seems they're very exclusive. And, and I even heard a person, I couldn't believe it, um, a county chair um, just recently when someone said, you know, why aren't you engaging you know, more progressive Democrats? And they said, well, why should we bother? Where are they going to go? And, and some, another woman stood right up and said, I'll tell you where they're going to go. They're going to go home and they're not going to vote. Uh, and I thought that was such a great response because um, this notion that you don't have to reach out to all Democrats. Um, because they're going to vote for a Democrat anyway, is really not very uh, accurate, I think. So, um, so I think that's really important on the local level in particular. And as we know, in March, the elections are coming up. Um, county chairs are elected on March 6th this year for the Democratic Party, um, and they will be elected by all of the current precinct committee chairs and vice chairs. Um, which is kind of another issue <laughs> um, and another expectation that we would love to see uh, improved uh, for county chairs. And that being uh, to hold, uh, you know, to train precinct committee chairs, uh, help them do what they're supposed to do, which is to develop committees in their precincts of volunteers that are reaching out, creating relationships, gathering good data for the Democratic Party and, um, and, train them and help them with maybe uh, precinct committee chair networks and peer networks so they can work together and help each other. Um, and then holding them accountable. Um, I, I haven't seen, I don't think I've known of any, any counties um, that I've run across who are doing a great job of that. Um, there's, the structure is good and the structure could work, uh, but it does have to be executed well. So, um, so uh, tell me what your plans are now for college Dems going forward in this working year, um, not election year, but a working year for Democrats. Uh, oh, I do want to finish that, that thought, though, that um, precinct committee chairs will elect county chairs on March 6th. And one week later, uh, the newly elected county chairs will elect congressional district chairs. And one week after that, uh, the state central committee, which includes the congressional district chairs, as well as Oh, but you don't get a vote. <laughs> Sorry. Constituency caucus leaders, um, uh, most of whom have a vote, um, and a couple others, representatives from the uh, who are elected to the Democratic National Committee, uh, they will elect then the state party chairs. And so we are really hoping this year to get um, fresh eyes, you know, fresh legs, uh, fresh energy uh, in in that in that position that will help really uh, reinvigorate the party all the way down to the county level. So, uh, and then I also wanna make sure that, um, you know, people are thinking about 2022 uh, in that primary election, 
uh, in May on the ballot, um, you can vote for precinct committee chair. Uh, in, in January of 2022, you can file to run for your county precinct committee chair. Uh, so uh, we would love to get fresh people in there. And I think that could really make a difference. Uh, but I think first we really need to up the expectations um, and we need to really um, set out our, our goals. Okay, sorry. So tell me now, tell me now your plans uh, in this working year for um, college Dems. Well, yeah, you actually brought up a very good point of the fact that we don't have a vote. And so hopefully uh, that is something that we're definitely working towards, trying to understand all the different avenues to get our vote back, because we used to have one, I think, somewhere around five to 10 years ago. And I know that personally, I will be supporting a, the state chair candidate that wants college Democrats to get their vote back. So that's definitely something that we're thinking about. But really, this year is a year in terms of sustainability and long-term growth. And going back to, uh, you know, all politics is local, really focusing on our college gems chapters in their local areas. And so during an election year, you have all this uh, busy, you know, running back and forth. You kind of don't have time to set good structures, good relationships. You're just trying to get the Democrats around you elected. And so this year, we really want to focus on, okay, how can we be consistently recruiting uh, new college Democrats, members and leadership uh, so that our chapters, you know, stay active for very long uh, points of time. They develop relationships and keep those relationships. And also so that uh, our college uh, chapters locally and, and then also statewide are actually diverse and they reflect what the democratic electorate looks like, right? So I know we're really focusing uh, on reaching out to new types of colleges that we haven't necessarily been at before. A lot of the colleges we're at now are, you know, IU, Purdue, the bigger ones, Ball State, IUPY, um, but really focusing on the smaller colleges that might not have been mobilized until this point, but are still really important. So community colleges, I use satellite campuses like IU North and IU East, um, Marion University, Martin University, uh, Vincennes, that sort of thing. And so really broadening so that we can hopefully have uh, a a college Dems chapter at every college in Indiana by the end of the year or plans to do that. So over the next couple of years, that sort of thing. And then also, hopefully, uh, something I've been really considering is the idea of community service and mutual aid, right? So I know that there are a lot of communities uh, across the nation, but especially in Indiana, that feel as though uh, campaigns and uh, politicians like to drop into their communities, uh, make some kind of fake promises, kind of get their votes and then leave, right? Uh, and it's made a lot of people very, you know, honestly, uh, they don't think politics is a very trustworthy um, field to be in. And I get that and I understand that. And so really having our chapters locally and statewide invest in the communities that they're in, whether that's on campus or off campus through uh, different community projects, like we mentioned, food drives, uh, mutual aid, clothing drives, uh, just volunteering at a local a shelter, that sort of thing, so that people know that we show up even if there isn't necessarily something to be gained, right? Because um, at the end of the day, we really want to be helping people, um, that sort of thing. And also, uh, I guess the last thing is really, I think 2021 is going to be a year where we shape the next decade of democratic politics here in Indiana, starting with uh, the county district chair and state chair elections, but 
what we do with all this new leadership. And so we, we really hope to be present and really hope to be um, facilitating a lot of that, having our voices be heard saying, you know, this is what we think should happen. We think that you should be focusing on young people and college students on progressive ideals and policies that shouldn't be seen as divisive, but just policies that are good. Um, and also investing in us, right? One of the things that constituency caucuses receive from the party is they receive um, free like statewide van, right? And so imagine if college Democrats could have van access and then I could be, I know how to cut a list. I could be cutting lists for all of our local chapters and saying, hey, here's everyone that's 18 to 22 um, in this specific dorm. Please go through and try and update, call them and update their voter registration. Um, see if that's where they still live. Ask them, you know, what issues they care about if they plan on voting. Like we can do our own mobilization and voter registration and turning out, but we just don't necessarily have the tools to do that. The state party could help. Um, so yeah, that sort of thing. There, there are a lot of different ways that uh, we could be going about this, but really at the end of the day, it's having a state party and members of the Democratic Party here in Indiana actually care about young people and actually willing to say, you are important to us. Uh, we wanna keep you around because we know Indiana has a brain drain problem. Uh, people will leave unless we give them a reason to stay. And one of a great reason to stay is because um, politics and because we wanna make you know, Indiana a better place to live. That was a long-winded so way of saying no, all that. that. Was, that's great. And, you know, and I, I meant to say earlier how honored we are that you chose to uh, come to Indiana. Um, being in Maryland, so close to D.C. and interested in politics and, uh, and then to come to Indiana because we really appreciate it. And I know I've made, I've had that consideration like, you know, I could go live in a state that's a little more progressive and, um, uh, but, you know, really, who would do the work? Who would do the work here? Um, and so, uh, so, you know, so I give you a lot of, a lot of, you know, credit for coming to Indiana and being so passionate here. We need you here. We need you here in Indiana. So, and I, I love Indiana, so. Oh, excellent. Yes. Nice. So, um, and you know, I like it here too, other than the politics, but, um, um, but uh, one of the other things that I hope that um, we can encourage um, young, uh, young Dems uh, to do is to actually attend these upcoming elections. Um, you know, you won't have a vote uh, as in the county chair election unless you are a precinct committee chair or vice. Uh, likewise, at the congressional district election, you won't have a vote unless you're a county chair, et cetera. But it is important still to attend. Um, they are public uh, elections. And, uh, and you know, you can find out where they will be. It should be posted in the newspaper, but you know, you know, call the county chair, call somebody to find out where it's at. Um, but you should attend. Um, and that is, you know, it's important that those local Democratic Party officials know that, that you are attending, you're interested, and you expect to hold them accountable. So this, and this is your chance. This is your chance to do it. And it's a chance to uh, hear whoever's running for those positions to stand up and give a little speech and talk about themselves. Uh, and then for you to you know, get to know whoever wins that election so that you can you know, let them know what you expect um, from them. So I think you know, I, I encourage you know, particularly women to you know, own this party. You know, go in there and own it and, you know, tell, tell party officials what you expect from them. 
and demand that they um, they do what they're supposed to do. Uh, you know, the rules are not uh, secret. They're not, you know, they're, they're out there. Uh, we just have to make sure they're doing it. So, okay, oh dear. Okay, well, so we're almost out of time. So, um, so anyway, Alessia, thank you so much for chatting with me. Um, you have so much to give and so much smarts that, um, that are really gonna help the party. And I appreciate your effort to get a vote on that state central committee. Um, yeah, I, I agree that constituency caucuses are not valued uh, in the way they should be. Um, I, I had my own struggle um, with, uh, with, uh, with in that uh, realm, which I won't go into now, but anyway, um, uh, it's an interesting system and we have to, we have to get good leadership uh, to, to make it work for everyone. So give us some last words of wisdom before we go. Yeah, well, one, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, but something that I think really that has resonated with me and something I've thought about a lot and um, uh, something that I think everyone should be thinking about as we decide who our next state party chair and subsequent leadership is, you know, for every seat in Indiana that we lose, for every voter that we don't turn out, for every piece of legislation um, that our Democratic elected officials end up uh, trying to introduce in the General Assembly and they just get shut out because mm -hmm. the Republican supermajority really equals another Hoosier suffering, right? For every, every time that we don't do the work and we don't work as hard as we can during these election years and off years, there is someone out there who is, there's a child who is not receiving the public education that they deserve with well-funded dollars. You know, there's someone out there drinking polluted water and, and drinking or uh, breathing in polluted air. There's someone who is being, you know, uh, thrown into jail for no reason other than the color of their skin you know, or there's just, the list goes on of different ways that people in Indiana are having a very hard time, you know, healthcare and climate change and housing insecurity, a lack of a well-paying job, right? Yeah. All of that is equal to every time we lose a seat and every time we don't work as hard as we can. And so if you are not someone who is willing to, you know, really light a fire under yourself and go out there and work, then get out of the way um, and let someone who is willing to do that because it's not about it's not about how far any one of us individually can get it's how far we can push this state to do better for its citizens and that's the way that we should be thinking about democratic politics and thinking about our actions every day and you know if you don't think like that well start start doing it because um, it's it's not democratic politics or any politics for that matter should not be self-serving. It should not be how much power or money you can get um, or how much you can hold over someone's head. It should be how much are you doing for your community? Um, that's it. But very yeah, very long-winded way to say that. No, that's excellent. That is just excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, Alessia. It's just great to talk to you. I just, and I so look forward to watching you work and seeing all of the great things you're going to bring to the state. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, Happy New Year's Eve and to a better Indiana. <laughs> yes, very good. Good toast. I'll remember that tonight. <laughs> All right, yes. take care. Awesome.